the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to No Buts About It, the show where we try not to make people mad, but with some of our hot takes, apparently we do. Um, Week 10 was probably the craziest NFL week to date. It is the reason that a lot of people have stopped sports betting, I have been told by my friends who gamble regularly i like to gamble every now and then but uh these guys they they're the pros and they said we just can't figure out what's going to happen these players are making it way too hard on us it's horrible we cannot figure out who's going to win where who's going to play well who's going to play bad um fantasy football owners are getting angry about it i'm kind of annoyed with some of my players performance on my fantasy football team but that's the way it goes in the nfl that's part of the story and that's what we like to talk about here um we had a pretty uh, crazy game yesterday starting off with the vikings and the bills now the minnesota vikings were top of the nfc and the bills were one of the teams at the top of the afc so we were uh, kind of looking at this as potentially a Super Bowl preview. The Vikings came into it at 7-1. and one. The Bills came into it 6-2. and two. They had already had their bye week. Now, if you go and look at them, uh, the Vikings are 8-1. They've only lost once to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, whereas the Bills lost and they have fallen to six and three this game was wild i was watching nfl red zone yesterday and they kept saying okay that's the final play of the game we're gonna switch over to somewhere else and then they would have to switch back over because it was not the final play of the game they went into overtime so uh let's break this down pretty quickly here so we're in the fourth quarter mind you the Vikings came into the fourth quarter down 17 to 27. And so they were had a lot of work ahead of them in the fourth quarter. The Vikings managed to get the game close, get the game tied. We we're all like, okay, now um, that the Vikings have been stopped on the one yard line, 
there was a Justin Jefferson might have been a touchdown called back, not a touchdown. Okay, Kirk Cousins is just going to run it up the middle, right? That's what's going to happen. Touchdown wins the game. Easy, right? Nope, that's not what happened. The Bills' defense stopped Kirk Cousins, and he was not able to get the touchdown. So now all the Bills' offense has to do is get the ball uh, down the field. They don't even need to score. They just need to keep it out of their end zone. They're going to win this game. Well, on the first play of the game, in their own end zone, Josh Allen fumbles the snap, and the Vikings recover, and they get a free touchdown. So now... With less than a minute to go, I believe there was 54 seconds left on the clock, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, something around there, definitely a re- not a lot of time. Josh Allen, he uh, goes down the field, scores a touchdown, and they send it into overtime. In overtime, uh, the Bills defense, once again, they hold up, they bend, they don't break, and hold the Vikings to a field goal. So now you're in the situation where it's like, okay, it's Josh Allen. You're definitely going to get a touchdown here with this Bills offense. No, Josh Allen gets down to the red zone, and he throws an interception. Bills Mafia must have been crying. After all of that, it comes down to a red zone interception in overtime. Bills blow a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And once again, the Bills lose a heartbreaker in overtime. I feel for Bills fans. Another big part of this game is that Justin Jefferson had an insane catch. He caught the ball one-handed, another one-handed catch, with uh, I can't tell which Vikings defender that is there, but that defender had both of his hands on the ball. Justin Jefferson just reached up and grabbed it. I believe that was also on fourth down on the final drive of the regulation that the Vikings had. So they definitely needed to get that catch. Justin Jefferson did. Ripped it out of the defender's hands. It's being compared to Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch. It's also being compared to George Pickens' catch earlier this season. Of course, everyone is arguing about this. Um... I think all three catches are pretty impressive. I, for whatever reason, maybe I'm completely wrong here, but I just feel like Justin Jefferson's is the winner here for me. I don't really have any bias towards any of these guys or against any of these guys either, except for maybe George Pickens. But uh, Justin Jefferson, he had to rip the ball out of the defender's hands with one hand. And people are saying, well, yeah, the defender caught it for him. All he had to do was grab it i just don't think it's that easy maybe i'm missing something i could be wrong they're all three impressive catches that's but i i was really amazed by justin jefferson's people are free to disagree with me i don't care moving on to the cowboys versus packers we've got Big Mike coming back to Lambeau Field where he used to coach Aaron Rodgers. There was um, some hearts uh, pouring out before the game. Aaron Rodgers and Big Mike McCarthy uh, gave each other a hug. And uh, they were ready to compete against each other. This was another game going into the fourth quarter. The Cowboys were up 28-14. to 
they did not win. They lost to the Green Bay Packers 28-31. Christian Watson became a dude yesterday. We have been talking about how Aaron Rodgers doesn't have receivers. His best guy is Alan Lazard. They don't have anyone dependable. The run game is all they've got. Well, who would have thought that Christian Watson was going to show up against one of the best defenses in the NFL in the Dallas Cowboys, but he did. Christian Watson's been plagued with some injuries, but Aaron Rodgers kept feeding him the ball. Must have been something he liked in practice or he discovered during the game. Christian Watson had one, two, three touchdowns. He had a great day. Let's see if we see more of this out of Christian Watson. See if maybe he is possibly the next wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers. People were comparing him to Randy Moss. People were comparing him to Devontae Adams. I'm not prepared to do that yet, but I just want to see if this guy can be what people are saying he's going to be now after having that three-touchdown game. Uh, Cowboys, I don't understand why they didn't kick the field goal to win the game. They didn't. They went for it on fourth down in overtime. Packers were like, okay, cool, thank you. We'll go 10 yards and kick a field goal and win this. They did. Packers won in overtime. Then we've got the Lions and the Bears, which, again, going into the fourth quarter, Bears are up 24-10. They end up losing 31-30. to the uh, Lions came back, got their third win of the season. We're halfway to that six-win prediction that I had for the Lions. Justin Fields just had another phenomenal game. And uh, let's uh, go back a few weeks to when I said, hey, Matt Eberflus, let's use Justin Fields as a runner. That's what he's meant to do. That's his, like, thing. He's mobile. He's fast. He's quick. Don't make him a pocket passer. Well, what did we have the last two weeks? Yes, we lost, but his performance was much better. Let's see. Rushing. The last two weeks. In uh, week nine against Miami, Justin Fields had 178 rushing yards. This week against Detroit, he had 147 rushing yards. For passing, 123 in Miami, 167 in Detroit. The dude can move. The dude can get things done. He had two rushing touchdowns this past week. Justin Fields is becoming a dual threat. Yeah, sure, maybe he doesn't have the strongest arm in the NFL. Maybe he's not a Josh Allen. But now these defenses have got to worry about this quarterback who is putting up over 150 rushing yards on their defenses, plus the running back, plus everyone else you've got. So... They don't have the best weapons in uh, Chicago as far as the passing game goes. Chase Claypool just went over there. Maybe we'll see him get worked into some stuff. But right now, it's the Justin Fields show over in Chicago. Dan Orlovsky said he thinks that he should be in the MVP conversation. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it was a fun day to watch Justin Fields. It was a fun day to watch the Lions. I mean... There was a point where Amon Ross St. Brown, he looked like he was going to be a little slow getting up. And Jared Goff just looked over like, no, man, please, please be good. Please be good. I need you. And I love that chemistry. I love that brotherhood that they had um, in that moment. And I'm glad it was shown on TV. 
that was just some fun football to watch yesterday, all three of those games. Then, of course, we have the big story last week, and that is that Jeff Saturday is the head coach for the Colts, and he he's not going to win. He's going to be horrible. He can't coach a football game. He doesn't have any head coaching experience at the college or the pro level. Bill Cowher called it a disgrace to the coaching profession that Jeff Saturday was hired without any experience. Well, I'm beginning to think maybe Josh McDaniels is a disgrace to the coaching profession because Jeff Saturday and the Colts beat Josh McDaniels and the Raiders yesterday. 25-20. to 20. Crazy game. Uh, I did watch this game because I wanted to see what Jeff Saturday brought to the table. I don't think he was doing the play calling. I've been told an assistant coach was kind of helping with that. But it seems like the guys respect him. And he could have said, like, no, we're not doing this. This isn't the way I want to call the games. But he seemed very humble in his interviews talking about how, hey, uh, I'm going to need to lean on these other guys who have been assistant coaches for a while so that I can kind of learn the ropes. Like, he's not coming in and saying, I know what I'm doing. But uh, Dan the Man O'Day, in uh, my group chat that I'm in, my football group chat, Dan the Man O'Day, he said, this isn't Jeff Saturday, this is Jeff Sunday. And I love that. Biggest thing I love is we saw a lot more Jonathan Taylor yesterday. We saw Jonathan Taylor run the ball. We saw Matty Ice run the ball. That's right, Matty Ice is starting again. Matt Ryan was starting for the Indianapolis Colts, and that came very unexpectedly. They said it like 30 minutes before the game started. I didn't see anything about it before that. I heard Andrew Siciliano say it on Red Zone, and he kind of cracked up laughing while saying it, but he had wheels. He had a 39-yard run. And uh, if that doesn't seem like a lot to you, that is a longer run this season than Josh Allen, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Jalen Hurts, Michael Carter, Raheem Mostert, Kareem Hunt, Daniel Jones, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Damian Harris have had. So Matt Ryan doesn't like to run. Wouldn't expect him to suddenly become this mobile guy, but guess what he did? Maybe those two weeks where Sam Ellinger was starting kind of lit a fire underneath him where he's like, okay, I need to play smarter, I need to play better. Use it. Having Jonathan Taylor out there as a weapon definitely helped things, I'm sure, because when Jonathan Taylor's being ran up the middle, you've got to watch him. Dude was trucking that Raiders defense. And... The Raiders aren't the best team in the NFL. We're not saying that. The two and seven, uh, not a whole lot expected. But the Colts aren't that great either, and we weren't expecting a whole lot of them. Next week, they play the best team in the NFL, and that's the Eagles. So we'll see how they stack up. If Jeff Saturday or Jeff Sunday and the Colts are able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles and cause them to lose their first game, I think that would have a huge effect on whether or not Jeff Saturday is kept as the head coach next season. But uh, 
definitely more fun to watch the Indianapolis Colts now than it was before, even if it's just because this is a crazy experiment that we are all witnessing. Important storyline, though, that they covered yesterday. Jeff Saturday was in a fantasy league. His team is now being managed by Eric Decker. So uh, in case you were worried about that, Jeff Saturday does have fantasy football coaching experience and managerial experience in that aspect. So that's that's where it comes from. Eric Decker's taking care of the team now, though. And uh, Jeff Saturday is taking care of the Indianapolis Colts. So we'll see what more we've got with Jeff Saturday. Definitely going to be following that along, even if it's just, like I said, to follow the craziness of the NFL. Also, there's another big storyline that was brought up this week, and that is that uh, one Mr. Deshaun Watson is going to be allowed to start practicing with the Cleveland Browns. He's been under 11-game suspension. It says uh, he's able to begin practicing today, um, Monday, November 14th. And uh, he will be eligible to make his season debut in Week 13 against Houston. Will he uh, be playing that week? We don't know yet. He hasn't been named the starter. He had his struggles in the preseason. And Jacoby Brissett's been playing pretty well. So we may have a quarterback controversy coming up in Cleveland which would just blow this whole story wide open because then you've wasted quote unquote a ton of money on this guy you've gone through all of this press all of this bad media for a guy who is on your bench but on the flip side of that coin if Deshaun Watson comes out and he plays horribly because he hasn't played in nearly two years then how are you okay with sitting Jacoby Brissett who might make you get a playoff run, who might give you a better chance at getting a playoff run just out of pride and spite? So that's what the Cleveland Browns will be looking at. That's what Cleveland fans will be looking at. It's going to get crazy up north in Cleveland, Ohio here in a few weeks. But that's a story that we will be following because it is important to the NFL, it's important to this season, and it is important that you know what's going on around the league so that you can brag about it with your friends. Okay, let's look at tonight with what time we have left. And that is the Eagles versus the Commanders. Now, the Commanders have been in hot water all season because their owner loves to do stupid things and has absolutely no reason to back any of it up. But, that being said, the Commanders will be facing the Eagles tonight. And uh, at the beginning of this year, it was, okay, Carson Wentz is going to get to play his old home team, the Indianapolis Colts, and his other old team, the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles, he was expected to play twice because they're in the NFC East, division rivals, all that stuff. Well, no, not tonight. Carson Wentz has still been on injured reserve for his broken finger. Taylor Heineke's going to get the start, which uh, kind of makes us see a few things differently here. I'm looking at <coughs> Washington. And they are 
on the spreads I'm looking at, they have an 11-point spread. Now, Taylor Heineke is the backup, and Taylor Heineke has been in this position before. He's played before. He's probably one of the better backups in the NFL. That being said, the Eagles have a phenomenal defense and still can't really doubt them at all. However, this is Taylor Heineke. He has come close to beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs before, which were led by Tom Brady a few years ago when that was actually impressive. But I just, I don't know, I have a weird feeling about tonight. I don't think that the Eagles are going to necessarily lose, but I think Taylor Heineke is going to have a really good game. And I don't really have a reason to back that up, and I hate saying that. It just, to me, feels like something is going to happen tonight where Taylor Heineke will be named the starter. I've been off on Carson Wentz, I know, but I just... Taylor's been playing so much better. This is his first real challenge. I really think that if Taylor pulls it off against the Eagles, especially if he wins, if they somehow win and end this streak, which wouldn't be uncommon. Divisional rivals are known to do that because you're used to playing them. You know the coach, be- the coaches know each other better. The players know each other better. There's like that chemistry. There's a bunch of reasons why it's more common. But if Taylor Heineke beats the Philadelphia Eagles tonight, that is going to be big and, again, would bring another quarterback controversy to Washington, who hasn't really had a quarterback, in my opinion, that has performed well other than uh, Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is in Minnesota now. And Kirk Cousins took a while to get to where he's at now. But he's he's there, and they've only lost one game, and that's to the team that the Commanders are playing tonight. So well, tonight's must-watch TV, in my opinion. I'm going to be watching the game. I asked yesterday, I asked my, uh, fan, my friend, who's a Washington Commanders fan, and he said that he wishes the team had never gotten rid of Kirk in the first place because he always liked Kirk. But if they had to get rid of Kirk, he'd rather have Heineke as the starter than he would Carson. Because Heineke isn't perfect, but Heineke has gotten it done. He plays well. He plays conservative football. And he's not actively losing them games. Whereas Carson Wentz has a tendency to want to play hero ball, plays too aggressively. He's very competitive. Like, that's just... This is what's going on with Josh Allen as well. So it happens to everyone at some point. Josh Allen is trying to win games where they can't necessarily be won, and it's costing turnovers. Same thing with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is winning, trying to win games where they can't be won, ends up causing a turnover or something else. And so that's my reason that I kind of favor Taylor Heineke a lot more over Carson Wentz. I This Eagles offense and defense, though, are both phenomenal. It's going to take an act of God for the Commanders to win this game tonight. But I uh, guess we'll see. That's going to be on ESPN tonight, uh, Monday Night Football. But 
It's going to be a good one, hopefully a good divisional matchup. Hopefully it's not a complete blowout like a lot of the prime times have been in the past. But uh, this week we've already had a bunch of really good games, so hopefully that trend continues going into Monday Night Football. Not a lot to really talk about there as far as things to look for other than Taylor Heineke having a big game or maybe even uh, Jalen Hurts having another MVP-like game. He's in that conversation now. A lot of people didn't expect him to be in that conversation. I don't think I had him in that conversation. The only guy who's kind of in the MVP conversation now that I said people should pay attention to is Tua. Tua is undefeated in games where he's starting, except for the one against the Bengals where he got sent to the hospital. He didn't finish, so that game doesn't really count for a couple of a lot of reasons. But uh, aside from that, I think Jalen Hurts kind of surprised everyone. Justin Fields might be another one who's surprising everyone. I kind of called Tua, don't mean to brag, humble brag, but watch Jalen Hurts tonight, he's in the MVP conversation, watch Taylor Heineke tonight, he might be uh, in that uh, conversation for starting in Washington, even once Carson gets back, but that's going to be all for today's show, so here is the outro. If you enjoyed today's show, if you learned anything from today's show, I would appreciate it if you gave me a follow on Instagram, nobutts underscore show, or on uh, Twitter, josh underscore butts underscore 2001. Yes, I made it in middle school. Please do not judge me. Also, on uh, email, if you have any questions, want to learn anything, want me to talk about anything, just uh, shoot us an email at bullmoosepodcast.com then the number two at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the show. Please share it, like, follow, subscribe, do all the things, and I'll see you for our next episode. Until then, everyone be nice to one another and go do something nice for someone.